Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your host here on this Wednesday episode of the show. And of course, we are brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports action this season. Whether you want to bet on football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, they've got it all. And they have a newly updated website that you need to check out. Great lines, odds, and props over on betonline.ag. And, of course, we have a deal for you. If you sign up today, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code BLEAVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. BetOnline is where the game starts. Kyle, hello. Little, uh, little tough to keep track of what day it is, huh? Yeah, it's you know, what happens when you get lost on you know airplanes for a couple of days. That's what happens. I heard Kyle say I was lost in the clouds yesterday. Circling in the clouds. Yeah. I had to hear what you said Welcome about back. me at the beginning yesterday. Welcome back. Yeah, you didn't listen to any of the other stuff, though. Just just heard. No, the, no, just, just the first. Talk at the front and then hung Yeah, up. you started talking about offensive tackles. I'm like, I'm out. I've already heard this. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> it's good to be back, guys. I missed you. Maybe the same is true for you. I don't know, but. We did miss you, Joe. We very I'm much sure the listeners you are, on the show. I'm sure the listeners are going to be glad to hear less of my voice and more of somebody else's, too. So they, they probably missed you for that reason, if none, none other. Cool, cool, cool. Well, rookie so, report card. <laughs> Do you know how great it would have been if we were just like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't know Joe was going to be back today. We didn't really have anything for you. That's it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> no, rookie Thanks report for stopping card. by. Rookie report card for week 15. That is yeah. correct. It was week 15 last week, yes. You know what throws me off with that is there's three games left, and week 18 is dumb. And we had four games be played on Monday and Tuesday, so it yeah. got a little weird there of what day is which. So Sure did. Sure Understandable did. why somebody might question what day of the week it is. Wow. Where do you want to start, Kyle? Um, not with quarterbacks. Okay. Literally My most compelling talking else. points was about a quarterback, but literally anywhere else because we always start with quarterbacks. Start with Thomas Graham. We let's start with defensive prospects. Yes. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, I think Thomas Graham certainly with his performance for the uh, the Chicago Bears this week made some noise. Man, breaking up some passes. I think he had three pass breakups. Uh, defended the run, and I remember like the first time I watched Thomas Graham at Oregon. I loved his ability to tackle. I loved his ball skills. But then you just kind of wondered if he had like an elite trade or like anything that really was going to be his trump card at the next level. But I think it is just very simple. He's physical. He's got ball skills. He's versatile. And he fits well with the Chicago Bears and the way they like to play defense. And, man, I think everyone came away from that game pretty impressed with what he can offer to that secondary. You know what? Uh, his performance reminded me of is like a saying, and I don't know who said it. I'm pretty sure it was some guy from like 3,000 years ago, one of those uh, ph- philosophers. Uh, luck is what happens when opportunity meets preparation. Yeah. Right. And like good, you watch yeah. that game and it's like, wow, like I can't believe like Thomas Graham make it all. No, like he's, he was ready for this. 
and the opportunity was afforded because Chicago had what one healthy corner off of yeah. the original active roster yeah. for the game. Like yeah. opportunity knocks Thomas Graham. He was a good prospect coming out of Oregon. Like you said, a lot of likable traits and he was ready for that moment. And it manifested itself with a really good performance. Uh, that Would was you the say great he understood the assignment. Wow. Jeez. That was the great Roman philosopher Seneca who said that Kyle, I figured oh, I'd course. get that answer for you. Of course. So the, the very famous Roman philosopher Seneca is who that quote is attributed to. Shuby is not always fast on the trigger when it comes to pulling up a football statistic, but my gosh, you can dig through the archives and I think let he us knew know that which... off the top of his head. Did I he? did not. I need no. I needed to consult the internet, but I, the best part was Kyle read the quote out loud, so I was just typing it in as he was saying it, and it was oh. just a quick enter. I didn't and then the read first... it. The hell are you talking about? You said it, and I was typing it as you, you were said saying it. You said I read it. it. I didn't. I didn't. Seneca, Roman philosopher. I'm a man of culture, Chris. So anyway, Thomas Graham. The, it's fun to get a new name involved, yes. right? Um, there were probably a handful of familiar faces that were once again uh, impactful players throughout the course of Week 15 as well. Um, how seriously should we be taking the Micah Parsons Defensive Player of the Year conversation mm. that's happening right now? Defensive player of the year. That's that is a thing. Miles Garrett's still out there, right? He is still out there, yes. Mm, that's a tough sell. Um, is he your favorite right now in that category? I don't know that I'm prepared enough to intelligently See, speak on yeah. who the favorites are, but like his resume appears to be that in which you would think he'd have an argument, you know? Sure. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Well, I I certainly feel like he's the clear favorite for defensive rookie of the year. But yes. man, I think he's a shoe in for that one at this point. <laughs> right. And there's been so, it's a shame, not a shame, but like there's been a lot of other really good rookie performers yeah. this season. But Micah Parsons' impact and the the way that they've utilized him and put so much on his plate early on, like he's an elite pass rusher too. And yeah. oh, by the way, for the season. He, he had a pass breakup against Kenny Galladay this weekend. He's allowing under a, quarterba a quarterback rating under 80 on the year in coverage. Micah Parsons is. So. Tyson Campbell with a good week this week had his second interception of the season uh, in Jacksonville's game against Houston. I thought that was another, like if we're looking for new names that stood out this week, I thought Tyson Campbell and, and, and Thomas Graham were kind of the, the headliners for me. Um, um, Armin Ross St. Brown, wide receiver, Detroit Lions. Yes. Third straight week, he, he's been excellent for them. Third week in a row, he's been very, very good. So we this is good for the brand. We all know this, right? Oh, yeah. TDN was very much a pro Armin Ross St. Brown. St. Brown. We, we had a two on him. And because he ran 4-6, he fell to the fifth round. Watch him Hashtag just, dra just draft good players. <laughs> Just draft good, good players. players. Watch him run routes and catch the football and tell me he's not a uh, at least a day two prospect, you know? Oh, I you know what? I had one more defensive guy who okay. I thought did play really well. How much did you see of Nick Bolton? Yeah, he was good. Weekend? Kansas City. Yeah. Yes. He's coming on, man. Big time. Yep. And that that's huge because that Kansas City defense was obviously very porous for the first two months of the season and this win streak that they're on, their defense has been phenomenal, and Nick is really 
stepping into a big role and, and being an impact player as a part of that. I feel like that's the story with the Chiefs defense every year. For the first month, month and a half of the season, we are like, this is the fatal flaw. They can't play defense. And then every year, Spags finds a way to make it work. It's it's unbelievable, man. It's like a, a yearly narrative. It's like if they could just start faster. And it's not like it's really costing them, right? They're still getting where they want to be. The Chiefs are at the top of the AFC, right? Like Just like we thought they would after some bumps in the road early in the season. But the Chiefs seem to find a way every single year defensively to turn things around and make you forget the way you felt about that unit earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, since you went to wide receivers, how about that the toe tap from Devontae Smith last night on the sideline? It's the I hell did of not play. see this. Did not yeah, see well, this. It, as somebody who lived on the West Coast, it was uh, impossible to watch that football game because I got uh, Ram Seahawks. Right. Yeah, that, there's a whole conversation that needs to be had about how dumb it is to schedule. Well, those are the rules. Schedule the game, the, put them at the exact same time yeah, and all that. The, those jazz. are the broadcasting rules, but it was not fun because I just had to watch care. it on Twitter. Do not care. You know what you could do, Chris? You could do what I do, which I learned from you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you – yeah, I should have done that. I should have done that. That's a good point. Yep, because I, I had I had dual screens. I had them both going at the same time. Powers of the internet, man. Powers of the little internet. life, you know, a little life hack. Uh, but like, re- relatively quiet wide receiver yeah. week. Like yeah. Ben Skaronic was number two in receiving yards this week for rookie wide receivers. Right, and Waddle didn't play. Right. Yes, he was on the um, COVID. It was weird because they announced the uh, the new protocols on Friday. Yeah. And but they were like, it takes effect after this week. So I, I feel like he could have potentially played ha- had they made it effective immediately, but yeah, he did not play. So I wanted to talk about, can we talk about quarterbacks yet or no? Uh, let's just, why don't we just get running backs out of the way and be done with it? Okay. All I know is Najee Harris didn't perform very well and it cost well, my fantasy team in the playoffs and I'm out. Well, I would feel sorry for you, but I had Lamar out. Mm. Elijah Mitchell out, mm. Jalen Waddle on COVID list, mm. AJ Brown on IR. Mm. Uh, I had Calvin Ridley as well, who mm. hasn't played since October. Mm. And uh, my eight and once upon a time eight and four team is also done. So, oh no, Fan- yep. so poor one out for Joe and Kyle's yeah. fantasy football fantasy teams seasons were done. Over, over, but you didn't finish done. bottom. You're, the key for Kyle in your league is yeah, you want to win it, but you don't want to finish last because you got to do some embarrassing stuff. Right, you got to make a music video, and the music video is based off of everybody else in the league. There, they vote on the music video in question, and this year's is probably going to be WAP. Oh no! Uh, yeah. So I will not be making, <laughs> remaking the WAP music video. So How do you good. validate the integrity of that assignment? You know what I mean? Because like you could BS <laughs> your way through. Yeah, I did it. Here it is. Enjoy. Like right. Like so. How does that work? Uh, you. Do the best you can. <laughs> and you're also responsible for like, you got to be Chris. I apologize for uh swear jar, but like beer bitch for draft night the following year. Like anytime somebody needs a drink, you got to go get oh. them a drink. Uh, you got to bring <laughs> like a Chick-fil-A platter. So oh, like, wow. there's still some punishments. Like if you mail in the music video, like we're all going to be mad at you, but like that just okay. means we're going to make your life living hell on draft. Okay. Night. I see what you mean. So there is some like reinforcements. If you just BS yes. way through that video, yes. like I probably would. 
Um, yeah, because then right, everybody so. will remember when it comes draft time, and it'll be like, you know, this yeah. beer, yeah, I kind of need another one, you know? Yeah, yeah I need it, another oh, one. This Wait wasn't sit cold down. enough. And we do an auction draft, too, so it's like you, you can't really afford to be up and moving. <laughs> All right, um, I like it. I like so it. So Javante Williams was the big winner from rookie running backs this for week. Sure. He had uh, 15 for 72, uh, was on angry runs with good morning football as he was sunning guys. Uh, running them over there and stiff arming and um, looking every bit like the guy we thought he could be out of North Carolina. So he was the guy in the starring role um, in the running back room for rookies this week. Can I do it now? Can I talk yes. about Mac Jones? Yes, go ahead. Talk <laughs> about Mac Jones. Gracious. Yes, go ahead. So this was really interesting to me because I thought this was the first time this year where the Patriots – we're in a position where they really had to scratch and claw their way back into a game. It was 14 to nothing after the first quarter, 17 to zero after halftime, 20 to zero going into the fourth quarter. Now I think Mac Jones did a really good job of kind of putting his team back in position to have a chance at the end. Right. I mean, obviously Jonathan Taylor had different plans for the end of that game and the comeback effort came up short, but this was one of those games where the Patriots really had to get away from their run game, right? Like they, they've they leaned on that and it became this J- Mac Jones throwing session. And I, I don't have, I need to pull this up. I wish I knew if this was the, uh, the most passing attempts. Cause I know he had 46, 47 dropbacks and 47, uh, 45 attempts. And so he's had a game where he had threw 51 times. Um, so this was definitely a higher volume passing game for, Mac Jones and some things really stood out to me about this performance. This was the first time all season where his average time to throw was over three seconds. It was yep. 3.06. And normally Mac's one of the five fastest triggers in the NFL. It was only the second time this season where his average depth of target was over 9.2 and it was 11.2. So he definitely held onto the ball a bit longer and pushed the ball down the field and the play action percentage and the screen percentages were way, way down. And so you had more throws down the field, less screens, less play action, and Mac just holding onto the ball for a bit longer than he's typically accustomed to doing. And it's interesting because I think this is a an example of where, man, it's going to sound like I'm biased or something like that, but that's fine. But I think this is where you start to get a little bit more concerned about Mac Jones when we talk about him having to be the catalyst for offensive success where the, where the run game was really gone. I think this was the first time in nine games that the Patriots had less than a hundred yards rushing when they had negative one against Tampa. Like, what was that week four this is the first time they didn't have a hundred yards rushing and they really had to become a one dimensional passing offense. And so when I think about this and I think about how the Patriots are a bottom eight team in the NFL, when it comes to red zone touchdown percentage, I think this is like, if, I think we can all agree Mac Jones has played well this year. He's held his head above water. He's been exactly what New England wanted him to be. They have a good situation in place for him to be, you know, the best version of himself right now. But when you look at the red zone touchdown percentage for this Patriots offense under Mac Jones, and you look at a game like this where it really came down to him having to be the offense because they got away from the rushing attack, I think this is where you can start to see, okay, all right, you know, can this guy really – carry our offense if he needs to, if that makes sense. Well, and I think it is worth mentioning since we talk about supporting casts that this offense with their personnel right now is not geared towards high volume throwing of the football. Sure. 
They're not. They don't have the guys outside to really be able to do that and legitimately threaten when you got to get into traditional drop back passing and win your one-on-ones, right? So it's kind of exacerbated and compounded that way um, for for Mac. And I, I think about the other game in which he, he was over 40 pass attempts this season, and it was against New Orleans in week three when he had 51 pass attempts, and he threw three picks in that game. Yeah, It's just like... And it shouldn't be a, like a negative thing to say that, you know, he, he's somebody who is in the best situation, but when that situation is taken from him because of the script of the game, yeah, you see the flaws of being a rookie. And then the question becomes, okay, how much more can you build upon what your baseline is so that next year and the year after that, and the year after that, you have the answers to those problems as they occur. And, and I think the expectation, of course, is is not going to match reality because he's in following in the shoes of Tom Brady. And so it'd be, oh, well, you know, they're going to run the Tom Brady offense with Mac Jones and Tom always got you in the right. Well, Tom's like a unicorn for sure. mental aptitude of the game, right? And expecting Mac to be that, how long was Tom just – the starting quarterback of the yeah. Patriots before he was Tom effing Brady, yeah, right? Like it was like five, years. six years. Yeah. yeah. Good so point. like, if you want to get to that, that's fine. But that just make sure you're tempering those expectations and like marry your expectations to reality for what Mac is right now. Understand the Patriots have to have game scripts go a certain kind of way to make sure that he's in the best position to succeed. And you can have all the coaching and all the personnel you want and, and all the identity to run the football but if you fall down 20 to nothing, guess yeah. what? You're going to have to sling the pill around. And then we're going to see how you look in that situation. I want to ask you a question about Mac Jones that was asked of me, and I thought it was pretty interesting. And so I'm, I'm going to ask you the question, and then I'm going to tell everyone about Lightbox Lab Grown Diamonds to give you a chance to sort your thoughts out because it's, it's one that maybe you would want a second to think about. So here's the question. For Mac Jones, do you think it's a – bigger asset to him for him to gain experience, right? Like, is it better for him to gain experience or is it a bigger advantage for defenses to see more of Mac Jones in quote unquote, get the book on him. So what is more valuable defense is getting more tape on Mac Jones or Mac Jones getting more playing time. I'll confirm that you got the question and then I'll move. I'll move on. I got the question. Got the question. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, only $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but they're just grown in a lab. And because of that process, they can create stones in bluish pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They truly do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. And so, Kyle, the bigger benefit, Mac Jones gaining more experience or defenses gaining more tape on him? I kind of feel like it's Matt getting more experience. And the reason why is conceptually, it's the same offensive play caller, the same play design in McDaniels. They're running 
what they feel comfortable with out of the same playbook that they've been running for a long time. And for that reason, I think Mac growing into that role is more valuable than learning how to get after Mac Jones and, and try to force him to make mistakes. I agree with you. And, and what it comes down to for me is I think as you consider Mac Jones and this ceiling that we all speculate about, about where it's at and how much better he can be. I think for him, the game is all mental, right? Like he's not going to all of a sudden become this dynamic athlete. He's not all of a sudden going to have this rocket arm. It's all mental. And for him and his style of play that he has, it is those reps to allow him to become even more comfortable within the offense and more comfortable with how defenses are playing against him. Whereas, yeah, the defensive side of things is interesting. Like if you're a quarterback that has more different ways that they can beat you. And because Mac Jones kind of is what he is, I think I would agree with you that it comes back to the the experience and reps for Mac Jones, where that's not always the case for for rookie quarterbacks or young quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. So any, so any got, other quarterback yeah. you got got oh, something else no. for us? No, I don't have any more quarterbacks. I wanted to have okay, that Mac good, Jones conversation. Good, 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 good. I do have some Pro Bowl rookies that I would pound the table for that I wanted to share with the uh, the Pro Bowl rosters being revealed tonight. I think it's at 8 o'clock Eastern time. And so if there's any rookies that I would pound the table for, I have I have three slam dunks and I have two close. Okay. I'll be interested to see. I don't know if you saw that this, this came out. Was it today? Yesterday? I guess it was this morning. Uh, it was... Pro Football Focus put out their highest graded rookies of the 2021 season through the end of week 15. Okay, well, I guess you can see if my <laughs> if I marry yeah, up because I didn't see that. I'm interested to see if okay. how they they match up. All right, so the slam dunk obvious, no questions asked. Micah Parsons, right? Pro Bowler. We're Number all good two there on this list. Yes, two. Okay, he's two. Yep. Um, Creed Humphrey. Offensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he's played at such a high level this year um, for a good offense and an offensive line that had a lot of new pieces. And so I, I think he's played at that type of level where he deserves to be in the in the Pro Bowl as a rookie. Number one. Okay. On the, so the top two. Uh, number th the other. Okay. So this is definitely in order. Number three, Jamar Chase. A thousand yards, 10 touchdowns. I think he's among the top 10 most productive receivers in the NFL this year. I know that he's had some quiet games, but the entire body of work to me is Pro Bowl caliber. Number 12. Oh, wow. List. Yeah. Okay. He's, so those he, are is, he is the number two rated wide receiver and the number three rated pass catcher. Okay. Well, at least from a statistical perspective, he's definitely – Yards dropping, and touchdowns, at least. Dropping 3,000 on Baltimore in week seven or whatever it is, we'll, we'll do that. It's helpful. It's helpful. Um, well, I mean, so, yes, it, it's all helpful, but he's seventh in the entire NFL in receiving yards, and he's mm -hmm. third in touchdowns. I mean. And that's after that's after one for three this past weekend. Right. Like, yeah, one for three. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's kind yeah. of been a little quiet at times this year, but the touchdowns have been there, too. Well, how many did he, he had 201 against Baltimore? So he had a lot of production in that game, but he's he's been fairly consistent. Um, all right, so working away from 
those are my top three. Like, I think that when we find out these rosters tonight, that those three guys should be on it. And here's my, I don't know if you call them long shots, but guys that I thought were at least worth mentioning. Penny Sewell for the Detroit Lions. I thought he's having a, having a really good year. And, you know, the way he's grown throughout the course of the season and starting to play his best football now, I think he's got a case. Number eight. Eight. All right, and here's my last one, and this is definitely not going to be on your list, but I think, and I, man, I don't even know how to say this guy's name, his last name at least, Kenne Nwangu for the Minnesota Vikings, the, the returner, man. Yeah. Dude, he's he's been unbelievable. He's only had 12 kick returns this year, but he has two touchdowns and an average of 37.2 yards. In the NFC, he has more kick return touchdowns than the rest of the NFC combined, or he has the same amount, two. Yeah. So like that's, that's got to make the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Like I'm sure I'm sure Harris from New Orleans is gonna get a lot of love, right? Because he's he was on the radar last year, and that's not a spot that gets a lot of attention. But if you have as many return touchdowns as the rest of the conference, like you should probably make the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I know he like I I'm sure DeAndre Carter would like to have a word with me because he's been like a higher volume guy. He also has some punt returns, but. I don't know, man, two, two touchdowns, dude. Like to me, that gave him a, at least a, you know, like these are the guys that I would bring to the conversation. So those are my, those are my five guys. And I'm, I, I know because you gave us the answers that I didn't necessarily fall in line with what PFF had. Yeah. I'm going to fill in the rest of, of the top 12. Okay. You know, I won't do top 15, but you got down the 12. So I'll do everybody in the middle. So you had uh, Creed Humphrey and Micah Parsons at one and two. Those were in. Uh, Javon Holland, safety Miami Dolphins is number three right now. Mac Jones, quarterback New England Patriots is number four right now. Offensive tackle Rayshon Slater, Los Angeles Chargers uh, is number five. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver Miami Dolphins is six. Cornerback Nate Hobbs, Las Vegas Raiders is seven. Penny Sewell, who you mentioned, is eight. Kyle Pitts, tight end Atlanta Falcons, is nine. Coming right down to the wire on that bet between Chris and I. I think he needs They're like 61 lose. yards. They're going to lose. He needs um, like 163 yards or something. Okay, well, you know, he's he's put up 22 spots before, so hope is still alive. Uh, he's at number nine. Uh, Cleveland Browns linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is at 10. Running back Javante Williams, Denver Broncos. 11 and Jamar Chase at 12 for the top 12, according to our friends over at Pro Football Focus. The two guys that I thought about that I didn't mention were Javon Holland and Ray Sean Slater. They got a case. They both all, have a case. All very deserving. Just a question of who's accepting or who's who's going to end up playing, who's not going to be eligible because they're playing in the Super Bowl. Sure. How many they let in for each of those spots. So but yes, interested to see what the uh, the initial roster looks like. And you said that comes out tonight. Tonight at eight p.m. I think there's been a like a couple of guys leaked in terms of like the they announced five of them early or something. Yeah, okay. Miami Dolphins legend Jakeem Grant, Pro Bowl return oh. man in the uh, the NFC. Oh, you got to give it to Nwangu. No, what a mistake because he returned a punt for a touchdown 97 yards on national tv against the packers he's automatically it so that's interesting so jakeem grant one is, punt is return touchdown good. is 25 returns say. 308 yards been an average kick returner and wangu's got double the touchdowns 
right. And well, forget the touchdowns. Grant muff has muffed like five this year. Mm. Could not be my Pro Bowl return, man. Oh well, that's fine. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Draft Dudes podcast. Listen, listen very closely. Week 16 is right around the corner. And we have some good games in the early portion. San Francisco and Tennessee, two teams with winning records on Thursday night. Saturday, you've got the Browns and Packers, and you've got the Colts and Cardinals. Uh, High stakes games on Thursday and Saturday. So you're going to make sure you hit subscribe on the Draft Dudes podcast and keep it plugged in as we chug through week 16 on our race to the playoffs. Thanks as always for listening. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert to the Draft Dudes podcast. Make it a good one. We'll talk with you guys again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.